Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host, Chris, here, Riff Rowe, and we are here to review Minions, The Rise of Gru, the untold story of the one twenty of one twelve year old stream to become the world's greatest supervillain. Um, what do you think? I thought this was really cute. Um, it's one of the first times that I really felt like I was totally and completely watching a kids movie, though, which makes sense since we've rolled back to Gru as a baby or you know mini boss. It was funny. It was bright. Uh, obviously, it's not really deep on, you know, script and story, but I really dug it. How about you? I mean, same. <clears throat> uh, the Minions and, and Despicable Me films are um, some of the ones I enjoy and see, but I, I'm with you. I think this is one that is leaning more, and it's, it's not a bad thing. It's probably good that some of these, you remember, some of these are more kids' films. This is definitely one. That's probably leaning. It's, it's, I feel like it's still good enough and it's still balanced enough for uh, adults to take their kids, but it definitely is one of the ones that hangs more on the kids' side than some of the other ones they've had, right? Um, and I know it's weird to say that for, for something like this. It also feels like at some point they're getting to the point where there's only about so much you can do with the minions that speak their own little language and things like that. And, you know, I, I won't say this is completely because everything's a money grab and it's not completely down that path, but we're approaching it. We're approaching. We're, I mean, we're approaching that. I mean, I'll, I'll say, I'll say it. I, I'm fine saying it because I felt it from the very first one, the minions came out. It wasn't exactly something that they expected to blow up the way that it did. And they've been chasing their own merchandising trail ever since mm -hmm. we've gotten really lucky to get this far into the movies before the Thor story has been so thin that it didn't know that it didn't feel like they knew everything that they wanted to do. So I don't know whether or not it's the new people coming on board who don't understand that the thing that really worked about the minion was the perfect balance. Mm -hmm. Or if it's because the, you know, everybody's schedule for when they're doing things and how they're working changed. I will say I'm noticing that some people who kind of thrive off that, like someone physically pushing at them, they're not doing so hot when they have to work at a distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some of that detachment, I think, is showing up when everybody's work gets put together and all the pieces. If you've got somebody who really kind of, you know, didn't necessarily figure out their vibe. But I'm always here for the minions. Gru is always a secondary. I'm not going to lie. Um, like the it's kind of like Transformers movies and dinosaur movies for me. I'm I'm not here for the humans, mm -hmm. but I do feel that this time they pulled on some low hanging fruit that possibly gonna get them in a little trouble with the Asian community. Yeah, it's, yeah, I did see how they were doing some of that, and I was like, mm, that's a choice. That's a choice, <laughs> you know. I was like. We're really going down that path with, mm, okay, just seems, it, it, this feels like a film, yeah, I looked at the, I guess the first Minions came out, what, 2015 or something like that? This feels mm -hmm. more like a 2015 film than a 2022 film, to be honest. Um, I'm sorry, this felt straight up like a, a Roger Moore era James Bond movie. Yeah, and I think maybe that's, the, I think that, that might also be the problem too, is that 
they really because like, even the opening, which is the the uh, the <laughs> the little uh, spoof they do of the of the Bond opening uh, there, which is it, which is actually pretty good. Um, even that, you're like you're looking at that and you're like, okay, we're going down the Bond era. The villains themselves, the other villains are 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 straight, you know, parodies of Bond villains themselves and. Over the top, uh, 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 bell bottom is straight out of a like black voice, black exploitation type deal. Like, it's one of those things of like, I get what they were doing, I get the time here, I get what you were trying to say. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but when you play in that space and you try to, to, to do that, you're kind of against a lot of stereotypes that maybe you don't want to step in, you know, and so. It's gonna. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't navigated all of them very well. They you said what? Now? Not, I, I, a hundred percent. They did not navigate all of them very well. I, like no, <laughs> it wasn't even so much that it's just they went straight back to Bond. It was like Foxy, Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah. Uh, Wild Wild West with the big huge crab, and you know the moment where it turns into like it looks like mm-hmm. that big spider machine that showed up. So they were giving some interesting hat tips that I don't know if they're gonna hit with necessarily the older audience because i don't the the, the eight i don't think they hit the eight the, the time period right right which made the stereotypes even more obvious like i like michelle yo's character and what they did with it it's just everything they put around that character was kind of cringe it was extremely cringe because they didn't as evenly flesh out the backgrounds of each of the villains for you to have a clear understanding that all of these are archetypes well, and caricatures coming from 80s like 80s and 90s movies like they're not really trying to spoof real people they're spoof spoofing movies it's kind of like i feel like the last time i had this conversation with someone it was about once upon a time in hollywood mm-hmm. and tarantino you kind of expect that, you kind of expect that from Tarantino, though, right? And so, I think that's the thing right. that gets me. Like when Tarantino does, I'm like, oh, that's so Tarantino. Not saying it's right, just saying well, that's Tarantino. But, but only, but only in the sense that I feel like a lot of people miss the fact that everything that he was dealing with was based in Hollywood rumor and caricature, and none of it was actually supposed to be reflective of the real people. But he did such a good job with getting the time period right, you know, and all the trappings he put around them, he caused himself a problem when people were like, well, how dare you portray this person who's a straight up icon and a legend in this fashion? And it kind of feels because they weren't as dedicated to building the world out around each of these villains so you knew exactly where they were coming from and exactly where they were playing with, they fell into the same cringe hole for the exact opposite reason that he did yeah and, and here's the thing when you look at the names that they have for some of the what was it the uh, what was the name of this the six the nefarious six or something like that the vicious, uh, six. the vicious six when you look at the names they have behind there i'm like you guys had it right there there's these when you look at the names you're like wait these are all 80s guys and women like you could have yeah. like you got john claude van damme you got dolph lundgren you got danny treo and lucy lawless what the hell guys you didn't need like there, it's right there. It's you could just take any of the characters they've ever fucking played, 
and this turned them into animated features. It's like right. you so went, the only one that they did that with was um, the character that Michelle Yeoh plays. So right. It, right. Exactly. And so I'm like, wait a minute, guys. Like you, you, you overthought this. You, you way over engineered and overthought how to do this because again, I started looking at the names. I'm going like, let me look at the names. I'm like, wait, Lucy Lawless, Dolph Lundgren, Danny Trejo, Johnny, uh, John Carl Van Damme. Like, why'd you guys? Why'd you guys like? They're almost unless you can pick up the, the the voices, they're almost unrecognizable. Like there's a couple times when you see things like uh, what some of the characters do, where you're like, okay, okay, I get it. But like, very rarely, very rarely does that happen, right? Like Lucy Lawless plays nunchuck, and all I mean, I don't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. That and I'm like, funny, huh? Right. Actually, it was funny when it clicked. It, right. And then it was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh wait, you guys missed a, a clear opportunity here to be more like this is one of those ones where i'm like you guys try to get too clever you guys should have made it very very clear who they were because they're all from play characters from that 80s 90s time period it would have clicked better if you had done it for the older audiences you're again the kids don't care the kids are going to find it hilarious because they're kids but this is where again i was saying that it just feels like this is leaning more in the kids' area, and they kind of, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not bad, but it's just one of those things of like, uh, okay, okay, we're, 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 we're starting to phone it in, right? Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's because they recognize what works about these movies is really the, the minions. What are we going to do to Otto? What's going to happen with Steven? What's going to happen with Kevin? What, where's Ryan? And all of those moments are there, and they're really funny, and their work, and they're kind of fleshed out. And and it's just when they had to figure out how to incorporate that into what's going on with the adventure, they had too many balls in the air, and none of them really, none of them really fit. It doesn't stop it from being a fun adventure. It doesn't stop it from being joyful. It doesn't really stop it from being, from you having those moments that laugh, but even if you, when you start getting into some of your older kids, when you don't have that perfect balance, they're going to notice, I don't know this song. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, and, and that's where I felt like they were really subtle in those moments that a lot of the beats that were going to hit for the adults were kind of subliminal. And if they had gone and given some of the more overt ones with the other human characters, like you just laid out, I think they would have still maintained that balance and this would feel less like a money grab. But this, uh, this, yes. the, it's, the, it's, yeah. Like you said, it's, it's, but, it feels like a money grab because, like, okay, at this point, it is, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's just what we've, we've gotten to. Okay, fine. But like, yeah. It's just really weird because everybody's bagging on Lightyear really hard. And we weren't the biggest of fans, but we understood that this was really supposed to be the 90s movie that Andy kind of watched, right? Mm-hmm. And no one promised that it was supposed to be a particular kind of 90s movie, but everybody had all these preconceived notions and ideas about what it means to bring the character that the Buzz Lightyear toy is based off of to life that I feel like they just kind of push and oppress the entire movie in that way. Well, it didn't make me laugh enough or, well, he wasn't, he wasn't the right kind of arrogant or, you know, I was just rooting for everybody to lose or I didn't like that. So I will say 
when it comes to like a Minions movie, they are more careful to remember what it is about the the brand and these movies that works. I just don't think they remembered that when you get to the human elements, Gru's story has to work just as well. It can't just be about what happens as a result of that thing that triggers everything that's going down with the minions that grew and the other human elements of that story have to work too. And I think they should have made a choice and, and it'll be pretty clear what, what I mean when you see the movie, because, you know, to say what choice I think they should have made would be dead ass a spoil. Mm -hmm. But I think they should have made a choice in what direction they were going story-wise because they had a moment and I think they went the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, like I said, I truth of the matter is uh, to me, Lightyear's a better film. You know, and, <clears throat> and I'm saying that as I I enjoy Minions, and I'm not a uh, not a you know we talked about this last time. I'm not the Toy Story person on this, <laughs> um, but uh, Lightyear's a better film. Um, like you said, I think at this point with Minions, the thing that works for it. And I think it's kind of always been that way. Is is the minions? But I think it's 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 like it's like double right too. And I think this is also the problem with the minions. The, the minions films is while Gru it can be secondary. Like it's the minions interacting with Gru though. You you still need that when you start having it. It's just the adventures of the minions. That's cool, but you can't understand a thing these motherfuckers are saying, All right? And so it gets to the point where you're kind of sort of doing the same beats every time. And it starts to wear thin a little bit. You can only do it, but so much, right? And so they're going to continue to do it because it's going to make the money. But like at some point, you're running kind of, you know, you're 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 running kind of lazy, right? And so I think that's where it is too. It's like there are moments in here where you're having entire scenes is nothing but the minions talking their minions speak back and forth to each other. They're like, all right, I mean, I can understand what they're, okay, I can get it, I can get it, but like. Guys, we need something else. Right? There, you need to, you need to get somebody. Like, yes, this is, the kids are gonna laugh because that's kids, and it's basically baby speak. But everybody else, at some point, goes, "All right, enough of that. Let's." I mean, it's Spanish and Italian and a couple of other things thrown yeah, in there. Yeah, it is. I, it Why? is. It is. But like, at the same time, come on, guys. Like, at some point, no, yeah. But that, but that's what I mean. It's like. Like I, I, I'm not. I don't want to bag on this movie. I was in a really, really, really bad mood, and I came out in a much better mood. I enjoyed it. I was in a room full of tiny humans, and the only people who were a problem in that room were the adults. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very telling about, like we said, they they fell out of balance because these were movies that you could get a hundred percent buy-in, but a lot of this movie felt like homagey kind of things. Or, you know, hat tips. Like, there's, like, there's a whole, like, I know, I'm, I know, I, you recognize Riz's voice, right? He's mm -hmm. in this, right? Yeah. And that whole sequence was really kind of funny, but it stretched too long. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's a big, huge element of this story that's missing that has to do with Gru. And I think a lot of it has to do with people are making assumptions that everybody's seen every Minions movie and knows everything about Grown Up Gru, right? Mm -hmm. And 
they did not handle any of that part of the story in his life as well as they handled the interactions he had with the minions. So yeah, those are the things that work at like a hundred percent across across the board. But I mean, the animation is great. It looks amazing. It's bright. It's sunny. It, it's got some moments. It's got levels, but you the especially when you get to the third act and they then again want to make you care about Gru. You're like, I haven't seen him enough to give a shit about this kid. I don't right. care about this kid. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. And that's always been the thing that's sealed the deal is the third act for a minion movie, right? Mm-hmm. Or just people me movie. It's always been that that wraparound, like you know, the one where he ends up with the kids and it's that awkward now I'm responsible for other life happily ever after at the end of the, the first movie and then this you know so yeah it's just and i for, actually I, you know what i forgot about that because that's the other thing too that this that you're missing here that the Spickle me films that you got the kids so in the film you got grew you got the minions but then you got that third element of the kids and so mm-hmm. you get a happy medium for the most part of all three of these things here you've just got kid grew but still is kind of adult grew and then the minions, and that's kind of it. And now that I'm thinking about it, we barely get interactions of the minions with with other with kids, right? Which is yeah. why I said I that third element in this movie was supposed to be about the villains, mm-hmm. and that's why the, the story is too thin because that's mm-hmm. the other element they offered us, and then they made it underdeveloped, like yeah. hardcore. Yeah, yeah. So it felt more proof of concepty than it did finished story. Mm-hmm. What, what would you give it out of 10? Mm. I think I have to give this a seven. And I'm being extremely generous because it's, I'm obviously an adult watching a movie that's for kids. And I was sitting in a room full of kids who were 100% across the board engaged. Yeah, I was leaning at six and a half. Um, but I, I totally mean, understand the subject. Yeah. Hmm? Let's be real. There are a couple of songs in this movie that are elevating my score. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So um Yeah, I mean again, I think I think overall if you've been down for the Despicable Me films and the Minions films and you got a, a little human you need to take, yeah, it'd be fine. You know, it's it's serviceable, right? You know, they'll sit so, through it and enjoy it, and you'll sit through it and enjoy it. Yeah, and I think that's the the true mark here for for the for these types of films. So, um, all right, well there you guys have it. That's our review for Minions: The Rise of Gru. Uh, obviously we got some more stuff coming out. We got uh, Thor. When's the Thor uh embargo up? Is it next week? I think it's in the middle of the next week. Okay, cool. We got some time then. So I was gonna uh, think we had to rush to get that review out, but no, that review will be here. Uh, Is that gonna be all of us? It should be me, you, and Brandon. So, yeah. So, um, we have that coming out soon. Um, I do need to schedule a Kenobi. We did say we were gonna do that at the end of uh, Kenobi, so we'll try to get that together. And obviously, head over to Premium. We have uh, our Miss Marvel reviews that we're doing every week, and then. I think we're two episodes away from finishing up the boys, and so we'll we'll do that as well. And then Ro and I will come back, and we have to go. Uh, we we owe you guys some combo book clubs with DMZ. So um, 
Yep. So I owe you guys a lot of stuff from all these random festivals I've been watching, and I just watched a movie that is going to completely change the way women think they should be treated and how Regency films should be done. But don't worry, Chris, I'm not going to make you watch it. I'm just going to do a written review. Thank you. Thank you. Out of love for you. But I will say, as a side note, Mr. Malcolm's List is great, and I will have a longer assessment and review of it up on the website. I might drop an audio by myself if I can't get um, Shannon to watch it. But we'll see. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, uh, again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be back soon. Make sure you subscribe. Movie trailer reviews, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Till next time, we're out of here. Peace.